This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 85-inch. On this week's episode, we welcome Scotty Haskell, a longtime singer and studio vocalist that has recorded with Weird Al and toured as a backup singer for Weird Al's 2019 Strings Attached Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al it's a podcast about Weird Al. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Wow, how awesome was it talking to Bill Moomy last week of the legendary Barnes and Barnes? We have been working on securing that interview for like almost a year. It is so awesome to finally have it recorded and out there. And I thought it turned out great. Yeah, it was amazing. We got some great feedback on last week's episode with the legendary Bill Moomy. So thanks to everyone who tuned in and thanks to everyone who sent us a text, left us a comment, and just generally freaked out about having Bill Moomy on the podcast. <laughs> that was so pretty stinking majestic to talk to the Barnes half of the iconic Barnes and Barnes comedy dude. Now, is Bill Moomy the first Barnes or the second Barnes in Barnes and Barnes? Well, he is Art Barnes, and they always seem to introduce themselves as Art and Artie Barnes. So, yes. So am I the Dave or the Ethan in Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast? I have no idea. We probably should have asked Bill. Now, we did get some exciting news from overseas relating to our podcast it's official. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast is trending in Italy, Mexico, and the UK. Um, Ethan, Mexico is not overseas. It is if you travel to it from Italy or the UK. Good point. So as Ethan mentioned, Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast is trending in the comedy interviews category in the UK, Mexico, and and Italy. And get this, not only that, but in Italy, we are top 10 in the comedy interviews category. Mamma mia! We're also trending in the comedy category in Italy as well. Grazie to all our Italian listeners. We will have Frank put an extra piece of lasagna on the Barbie or whatever you guys call it. And hey, Frank, while you're at it, throw another burrito on the Barbie in honor of our overseas listeners south of the border as well. Hope they like vegan Mexican food. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember... Not every burrito is a burrito, 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 but every burrito, burrito, burrito can be burrito, burritoed. Now, it was a big week last week. As we mentioned, there were a couple live streams, a couple watch parties. It was all really fun. So the first one happened on Friday, and it was the live stream concert of the Cybertronic Spree. That was my first time checking them out. What did you think, Dave? That was so much fun. They put on such a great concert. They did a lot of classic hits, you know, and then, of course, they obviously had to do their big hit, Dare to be Stupid. I loved Dare to be Stupid. I was really hoping that a weird Al guy would run out on stage like they say they do on their live shows, but maybe that's a touring exclusive. Well, I certainly missed seeing a weird Al run across the street, but I was 
thoroughly entertained by the hype transformer that they had up there, Rumble, just dancing around and jumping around on every <laughs> single song. That transformer was so much fun to watch. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. It was just such a fun show. You know, their talent as a band is just incredible. Their music skills, their singing skills, and just the fun skills were just really awesome. So I really hope that one day I'll get to see them perform live. But this was definitely a great compromise. Yeah, I agree. Shout out to episode 80 inch guests, Hot Rod and RC and the rest of the Transformers for putting on an amazing live stream concert. Now, the second live stream of the week happened on Sunday, and that was, of course, two-time Grammy-nominated Jim Kimo West's annual holiday Slack Key concert, and that was pretty stinking majestic. That was a blast. It's been so long since I've seen a Jim Kimo West concert. I think the last one I saw was uh, at Proctor's in Schenectady, New York. Oh, yeah. That one was <laughs> awesome. Not only did I produce the show, I got to introduce Jim, and that was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it was really a great show. I mean, Jim played a ton of Christmas tunes, and we even got to see a special guest, Diana Tanaka, join him on Hula for one song as well. I loved seeing her dancing. Last year when I saw Jim with UH Jeff in California, she was dancing. There were other Hula dancers, and Ken Emerson was there, so... It was really great to get to see both of them again. And I don't know if you noticed, I know you always notice things in the background, but did you notice that Jim had up his gold album for Running With Scissors, as well as the guitar he uses in The Simpsons appearance? I didn't notice The Simpsons guitar, but I did absolutely notice the Running With Scissors gold record. That is really, <laughs> really pretty stinking majestic. Yeah, and Jim had his studio all decorated as well with you know some holiday cheer and stuff. It was really a great concert, and I hope Jim continues to do these. As he teased, he might. Yeah, so not only was the show sold out, I didn't even know a live stream could sell out, but he maxed out the Zoom account. So it was just completely buzzing with people leaving comments, and, and he even did a Q&A after the performance. And yes, Dave, he mentioned he wants to try and do monthly live stream shows. So if you missed this one, Hopefully you're going to have 12 more chances next year to catch him on a live Zoom concert. I am totally looking forward to that. Anytime I get to see Jim Kimo West and his magical slack key guitar music, I'm there for it. Now, during the Q&A, Jim said he has another brand new album recorded. He's got the artwork done and it's ready to release. And since more guitar stories just came out a few months ago, he's going to wait a little bit, but it should be out early next spring. So I can't wait for that to come out. I think he's hoping that by putting it out early next spring, it qualifies for yet a third Grammy nomination. Jim also mentioned in the Q&A session that he would love to record and release a third Christmas album as well. Now, also during the Q&A, Jim played a couple tunes, noodled on the guitar a little bit. But I think my favorite part is when our friend Jake Larson put in a very special song request. That's right. Jake had asked Jim if he would perform the official Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song, which, of course, Jim wrote for our podcast. Now, Jim mentioned it would be hard to play our theme song in Slack Key, but maybe he could play along to the recording. But he did call our theme song a rocker. <laughs> 
Well, it is a rocker, so at least he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Maybe for the next Jim Kimo West live stream, we can get Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme on it because it won't be holiday-related. <laughs> That's true. Or we could just ask Jim if he could write a holiday version of our official Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song. That would work as well. That would be awesome. <laughs> Now, originally, our plan was to have Zoom video hangouts for both of the live streams this past weekend, and the Cybertronic Spree one went off without a hitch. We had a fun Zoom hangout for that, but when we got to Jim Kimo West show, we ran into a little problem. Yeah, unfortunately, our hangout and Jim show were both on Zoom, and you can't do two calls on Zoom at once, so we ended up canceling the video portion and... I know you guys are really concerned, but don't worry. Our intern Frank has been reprimanded thusly for this horrible, horrible mix-up. We were able to salvage it, however, with a Facebook group chat with everyone that we could find, and that was a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm really glad we were able to do the text chat because it was really cool getting to chat with everybody and catch up with people. But we would like to schedule, you know, some sort of holiday or New Year's Zoom party with everyone. So stay tuned to the Facebook group. Now, during the group chat, you know, we're doing cat puns. We're doing all sorts of silly stuff. But at one point, Dave, you mentioned you had a story about your trip to Hawaii. Yeah, I have a great story about when I got to see Jim Kimo West perform in Hawaii. Whoa, that would be a dream come true for me. Yeah, and it turned out it was just a coincidence, and I promise it's just a coincidence. But But for Jackie and my honeymoon, we received this very generous wedding gift from a family friend. We got to use her timeshare in Maui for a full week. We are so blessed that we got to do that, and we're so honored. Yeah, it was really great, and she was very generous to us. You know, so we're going to Hawaii now for a week for our honeymoon, which is pretty cool. And we're, we know we're going to be on Maui the whole time. So we're looking for things to do. And as it turned out, again, remember, totally coincidental <laughs> the week that we got scheduled in the timeshare. But it was the same week that Jim was performing a slack key guitar concert on Maui. And we knew we had to be there. <laughs> of course. How could you miss it? I mean, I would marry someone just to go see Jim Kimo West in Hawaii. You know, totally, (laughs) totally coincidentally. (laughs) I promise it's a coincidence. You're right. But there was no way that we could pass up the opportunity to see Jim perform in his natural environment. But, you know, we didn't want to seem like we were stalkers or anything, you know, like that sort. So... I mean, you did see Jim 20 times last year all across the country, but. (laughs) Well, I think this is a little bit different because this is Jim performing his own music. And like I said, it's in naturally in Hawaii. I mean, it's like pretty much, you know, all the stars aligning. You know, you get to see this amazing two time Grammy nominated slack key guitarist performing, you know, out of all places in Hawaii where slack key music started. I mean, that's like, <laughs> like all the stars are aligning. Everything is perfect, you know? So obviously we had to be there, but you know, I didn't want to make it uncomfortable for Jim by just showing up. you know, Cause <laughs> yeah, cause he's not expecting to see you and Jackie walk into, you know, this concert venue in Hawaii. 
<laughs> right. You know, one thing if, you know, he was performing in New Jersey, you know, he right. might expect to see us. But, you know, 6,000 miles away, you know, whatever it is, that's, that might be crossing a line for some people. So, you know, I emailed Jim and I said, listen, obviously, this is just a coincidence, but, you know, we're going to be honeymooning in Maui the same week that you're going to be performing. Is it okay if we stop by and we check you know, your concert out? And of course, you know, Jim, he was thrilled. He's like, oh, I would love it if you guys came, you know. And he even gave us like, he started giving us these tips on, you know, things to do while we were in Maui. And uh, he even recommended this great place to eat with this fantastic sunset view. You know, we were really looking forward to checking that out right before his concert and everything. So, you know, Jim was thrilled that we were coming, you know, and obviously I kept him up to date, you know, what, when we would be there and all that stuff. All right. So fast forward to November 3rd, 2010. We are in Maui. We are attending the George Kahumoku Jr.'s Slack Key Show at the Napili Kai Beach Resort in Napili, Hawaii. And Kimo is the special guest that day. So, you know, I emailed Kimo again. I said, don't forget we're coming. He said, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. As soon as we got there, Kimo came over. He said, hi. He started talking to us. And, you know, he's like, I got to do some stuff. But, you know, enjoy the show. And we were thrilled to get to talk to Kimo before the show. But, you know, there was some time before the show started while Jim was preparing and all the other guys were getting set up. So, of course, what do we do? We head on over and we hit Kimo's merchandise stand. As any good collector and fan should do. Jackie and I were hanging out looking at Kimo's CDs and when this woman comes over and she starts talking to us and you know it immediately becomes apparent that she knows Kimo and that she's kind of handling his merchandise for him. So we start talking to her for a little bit, you know, and it the conversation comes around to, "Oh, you guys know Kimo. Where do you know him from?" So I didn't want to, I didn't know who she was and I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, give too much background knowledge. I didn't know if she even knew that Kimo had a second career as a fantastic guitar player in, you know, this amazing band back on the mainland. I had no idea if she even knew that. So I just said, oh, well, we're fans of Jim from his other music career. At that point, this woman looked at us and we could kind of see the gears turning in her head. And then it clicked, and then she's like, oh. And just the look on her face, she got really freaked out. <laughs> and I realized I probably said something wrong. <laughs> so she kind of said, well, thanks. If you have any questions, you know, just let me know. And she walked away. And I just kind of looked at Jackie, and Jackie looked at me and were like, well, we probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, we just randomly came to the show. <laughs> we don't know anything about Jim. Oh, we're, we're big fans of the Direction West, so we wanted to come to the show. <laughs> so as it turned out, of course, she didn't know the backstory that I had been emailing Jim back and forth that we were on our honeymoon. You know, this was all a big coincidence, you know, that we were happened to be there. And of course, you know, we love Jim's music. We want to see it while we're there. So she didn't have any of that backstory. So it turns out, as Jackie and I later found out, that woman was none other than Jim's spouse, Diana Tanaka, who we got to see who was dancing on the live stream. But yeah, it, for that moment, I'm sure we freaked her out. And hopefully Jim had a talk with her and cleared everything up afterwards. And she does not think that Jackie and I are these two stalkers. <laughs> 
So it was a good show. Oh, it was an amazing show. I mean, you know how good Jim's shows are, you know, just when he's playing in New York or New Jersey. Imagine what it would be like with him playing in Hawaii, and it's 27 times better than whatever you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's so great. So, I mean, did you get any merchandise? After the show, I met up with Jim again. He came and he asked us how he liked the show. And of course, we told him how much we loved it and how amazing it was and everything. But I was looking through the merchandise and I was like, you know, I really should support Jim, you know, rather than just buying a ticket. I should buy something. So I picked up a CD and I said, you know, I think I'd like to buy this. And Jim's reaction was, I thought you had that already. (laughs) I mean, did you? (laughs) I mean, yeah, of course I did. But, you know. That's a silly question. Of course I had this CD. <laughs> Wait, why'd you get another one? Well, because I wanted a memento from the show. And, you know, I wanted something for Jim Design while we were there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was great. It was an excellent compliment to our honeymoon. And all the places that Jim told us to check out were amazing. Except for that one place that he told us to get dinner at with the amazing sunset. The day we happened to go, it was pouring rain, so we couldn't see the sunset. Aww. But that was not Jim's fault. <laughs> wow. I don't blame Jim for that one. That was not his fault. <laughs> I think you definitely made the right call, giving Jim a heads up. I think it would have just been... I don't think it would have been bad for you just to show up, but I, I think it definitely would have been surprising. So I, <laughs> you made the right call. <laughs> Highly recommended if you do ever get a chance to check out Jim Kimo West performing Slacky Guitar in Hawaii. Do not pass up that opportunity. Just give Jim a heads up that you're coming. <laughs> and really, just to add on to that, any chance you have to see Jim perform live with Weird Al, without Weird Al, Slack Key or not, you're going to have a great time. So definitely check that out. Now, there's one more piece of Jim Kimo West news. This Friday, December 18th, Jim is celebrating his birthday. So from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, Buon Compliano. Which is, of course, Italian for Hawali La Hanaao. All right, let's move on to this week's interview. I think it's about time that we have another one of Al's gals on the podcast. Dave and I are thrilled to welcome to the podcast someone we met during the Strings Attached Tour. She's a vocalist, she's a studio singer, and she's recorded with Weird Al and toured with Weird Al. We're so excited to welcome to the program the artist formerly known as Scotty Haskell, Scotty Mitchell. How's it going, Scotty? It's going great, guys. It's so good to hear from you. Thank you. (laughs) It's been too long. It's it's been a long time, but it's... Sometimes it seems like it wasn't that long ago. I just met you guys on tour in summer of 2019. What a blast. Yeah, it, it, it feels like so long ago. But luckily, I did have a little bit of a, a chance to see you last December at Gallery 1988 at the art show celebrating Weird Al. So that was really cool to get to see you again. That was really cool, too. I'm glad we could make it and you could meet my, my husband, Colin. So, yeah. That was, I'm so glad we made it. Yeah, that was fun. And it was really cool to meet Colin. Oh, good. He thought it was very cool to meet you, too. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... You're just like, oh, Colin, this is that guy who went to a bunch of shows on the tour and stalked me for an entire summer. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm cool with that. No, he totally remembers you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, that's interesting when you bring that up about the gallery 1988. The interesting thing was we went to go 
and waited in line, and then we got to see Al, and Colin goes, this is how Al is. He's just so personable. He really remembers people. And I was about to introduce Colin again, even though he'd met him on tour a couple of times backstage when Colin would come visit mm-hmm. me. And I go, hey, this is, he goes, I know who this is, and just and came out and gave Colin a big hug. So <laughs> that's just Al, you know? Sweet. So I thought that was yeah. really Yeah, oh, that's cool. so sweet. Yeah, yeah. He's that kind of guy. <laughs> well, I guess since we just talked about the 2019 Strings Attached tour, I want to know how you got involved in that. How did Al approach you about going on tour, and what was your thoughts about that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I honestly, um, my history with Al uh, is thanks to Lisa Popeil, because Lisa Popeil, who, as you know, was also one of the other singers on tour, was always Al's. Uh, personal vocal contractor and I was friends with Lisa so thanks to Lisa she had called myself and Monique to do other recordings for Al I'm trying to remember right now uh, one of them goes way back it was called do I creep you out it was uh, yeah. <laughs> that, remember that one is really it was a spoof on um, do I make you proud yes <laughs> but just from doing some sessions with him and he feels comfortable with us. Uh, and the last recording before this uh, 2019 summer tour that I did with him, I had gotten to sing with him on Jackson Park Express. And you never know. And so two, I hadn't heard from him for like two years. And then I just get this email out of the blue. And it's Al, personally, not his manager, not anybody else. And he goes, hey, I have a crazy idea. Uh, I was wondering if you'd like, yes, he actually said that. I should find the exact email. Yeah, it was really funny. He goes, I did this one-off at the Hollywood Bowl with live strings. And he goes, I had such a great time. I thought, wouldn't that be cool to do a whole tour on that? He goes, this is a crazy idea, but how would you like to tour with me? It's going to be like, you know, 67 dates. It'll be about three and a half months. And before, I didn't ask how much money or anything. I just said, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> I should have asked, how many dates are you doing in three and a half months? It's like, then I would have gone, right. I might have gone, I don't know if I can do that, because that's some, a lot of sleeping on a bus. But I, oh, man. Yeah. Such a great experience. Yeah. So that's that's really how it happened. And um then we started a little bit of rehearsals, only a couple rehearsals here in L.A. It's good I didn't know the amount of uh, gigs beforehand. <laughs> but it was, it was just such a great... I know, it was exhausting but exciting all at the same time. I have to say one thing about Al I want to say, uh, and it's very, very unusual to find in this business, especially L.A. area, but he is loyal. I mean... He could have gotten, you know, younger 20-something girls to back him up, and he didn't. He he just is loyal to us, and we still got to sing with him, and I just I just so appreciate that. I mean, you can see how long he's had his rhythm section together, like 35 years. So I, I really, that's, that's, you don't find that in this town. People will toss you aside, and he doesn't. And so I, I'm just very... Um, you know, just it made, makes me feel really, really happy about that. 
unusual. <laughs> and as fans, it really added a lot to us to get to see and hear the people who have actually recorded with Al in the past. It wouldn't have been the same if it was just some random singers up on stage. Oh, cool. Well, you guys, that's the other thing I saw. His fans are the best. You guys are really, they just, they really love him. <laughs> and there's there's a love there. Yeah, I remember every time going out on stage, and of course I was a little nervous. I've done a ton of touring but not to that extent, not for three and a half months straight on a bus. Yeah. Yeah, it would be like two weeks here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Or maybe fly out for a couple weeks here or maybe maybe four weeks somewhere else. And and I so I was a little nervous, but then I stopped being nervous because I saw how much everybody just loves Al. And yeah. I, it amazed me, and I thought, this has nothing to do with me. This is about everybody having a good time out there. And that's really what I saw he really wanted to do and make sure everyone's having fun. And they did. He's having fun. And it amazed me seeing fans who are, you know, grandmas and grandpas. And they know every word. <laughs> yes, you saw. Yeah. And then they have their kids. And their kids have kids. And their grandkids. And, and then it's like he's got this built-in, you know, fan base forever as long as he wants to keep working, which I hope he does. <laughs> and... um yeah, it was very fun to be a part of that. Uh, just amazing, amazing experience. As someone in the audience, you know, having the the orchestra and having you guys and and everything with those strings attached to it was really great because there was so much for us to look at on stage. We can watch Steve or Jim or Bermuda or or you guys. You know, there was just so much to look at. But when you're actually on stage, what are you looking at? <laughs> We are focusing, especially those first few shows, like, oh, my gosh, what, what prop am I supposed to use next? And yeah. <laughs> what, I'm focusing on, okay, where's the step today? I really don't feel like falling flat on my face off of these, this riser. <laughs> so that was just like and – then and then we were really having fun. Like, it was just like after the couple of weeks. And I'm looking around. I'm watching, um, I'm watching Bermuda a lot. I'm looking at Al, especially when Al does uh, – there was a couple times we both started cracking up on stage. And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. But we locked eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know, on, yeah, on Jurassic Park, you know, he does his whole shtick. And, you know, when he gets his, yeah. his fake drink his, with the umbrella in it, and he's like pretending like, you know, there's, you know, these people in the background getting eaten by dinosaurs. And a couple of yeah. times we, I would I would look at him and then I'm like, uh oh. And because and we look and he's about to laugh. Because it was all a joke. It was, but it's fun. But it was just funny, right? Yeah. So, and a lot of times I would look around and just look at the first couple of rows, and it amazed me just watching everybody knew every word, just about. I mean, everybody was yeah. singing. Everybody, the grand, like I say, the grandmas, little kids. Um, we're looking. I was fun looking at everybody how they dressed up, um, men and women, all dressed up as Al kids. <laughs> Right. That was really right. fun. And to see, you know, how many people had a tinfoil hat on or how many people had, you know, an Amish, an Amish uh, bonnet. So. Right. Gosh, it was, it was a trip. What a, what a great, what a, what a trip. That's all I can say. Experience of a lifetime. Totally. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Something else I'll say and, and stop me if I'm, I can be a little long in the tooth and talk too much, but. It, I really felt appreciated, and that doesn't happen in a lot of session work. It's like, okay, thanks a lot. That's good. It's okay. Go home. And um, that's just what the gig is here. 
And so right. it was nice to get that feedback and go, oh, oh, people do care. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, – I'm, I'm just really glad I did it. And I knew I would just be able to sleep when I got home. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that you did a lot of session work, and you mentioned that you went on a couple of smaller tours before you went out with Al, but what is like the transition from going to session work to like this 67 straight concerts? Yeah, 67 dates in, um, I mean, we had very few days off, which was fine with me. But yeah, it's they're totally both completely different animals. Well, what was great about knowing that, oh my gosh, I'm, I had work. For sure, for about three and a half months. Right. And that's unusual. Right, yeah. Right. And I, yeah, and here in town, I freelance, and it's like you get a gig, and then you're like, dun, 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 you know, twiddling your thumbs, wondering, <laughs> hello, hello, is, I'm still here. Don't forget me. So, it, yeah, it was, it's, it's, a, they're totally different animals. I really love recording, though. I do love session work. The difference is um, when you're doing like a movie score, for instance, which obviously because of whatever, this COVID nonsense has been going on. So we haven't been gathering around a microphone, you know, 50 singers singing on a movie score, a soundtrack. But before we would do that, and what's challenging and what I love about it is usually you, you don't see the music before. Usually you're live with an orchestra and you're getting the music right there. And you're just singing wow. it down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's awesome. It's and uh, it's the pinch yourself time is what I call it. <laughs> like, is this really <laughs> happening? So I've been very blessed. I feel very, very incredibly blessed to have gotten such a good ride. My goodness. <laughs> and what was the transition like? I mean, I, I'm guessing with session work at the end of the day, you go home, you sleep in your own bed. But on tour, you have to sleep on a tour bus the entire, pretty much the entire trip. Exactly. I'm sure you get some hotel rooms here and there. But what was that transition like going from sleeping in your bed every night to being on a on a bus with uh, <laughs> half a dozen other people? Half a dozen other people who were, most of them were strangers to me before that. Um <laughs> You know, I it, I actually, we were so dang busy that I didn't have time to worry or think about, oh my gosh, it was like we were so, I was so tired by the time we got back after uh, a gig uh, that, you know, we'd just get right into the bunk and go to sleep. Yeah, so the transition, it wasn't that, that bad. I just kind of got into the groove of it and then realized this is just how it is and just get, get your stuff, you know, try and get off the bus in time in the morning. Right. For me, I wasn't one of the, the ones like Monique was, she's so amazing uh, to me. She could just come out after the, after the show and then gets right to bed and she can boom and she's asleep. And same with Lisa, but me, myself and Al and Ruben, and chemo, you know, the guitar player, we'd always be, I'd be like, I'm wired. I am so wired after yeah. the show. <laughs> and I'm like tired. But I'm, And so we're just blah, 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 talking. I wish I had some, we have a couple recordings, but sometimes it was just goofball talking and we talk about everything and anything <laughs> and some very funny moments. Um, yeah. So I'm talking until I'm so tired that I can't keep my eyes open. And usually that was around, usually close to 3 a.m. <laughs> 
Wow. So then, <laughs> wow. I'd, then I'd go, okay. Otherwise, I'm, you know, tossing and turning, and I didn't want to do that. So, uh, yeah, and Al, I, apparently, he was he would just stay up, and, you know, he's really great with his uh, keeping up on his Instagram, and it's it's a lot of work. And But he would yeah. just stay up all night. And so I'd get a few hours. We were very lucky to, uh, I think that this is the best road manager I've ever worked with on tour. That makes a huge difference because it, it could have been so unorganized and um, it could have been chaos ensuing um, every day. And she just managed it. Yeah. Melissa King, she's great. She's awesome. Yeah, she is. I mean, that she? many people and, and the orchestras, there's so much to manage. It's so much to have to juggle and plan for. So that's awesome that you had a great experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she knows how to, that girl knows how to do it. And, um, and like, if there was a problem, you know, she made sure Al didn't know about it. She just made things run smoothly. And uh, so I didn't know she was also running the security briefings so she she did quite a bit it was it was really great and um what else well and then some of the days off like the one of the a couple of the days we had off was in an awesome place i'd never been there was niagara falls and uh oh she, yeah yeah i don't know if you were there with uh were you there with us then maybe not we didn't have a show there but that that was very memorable and she emails us and goes hey we got a couple of days off. I'm I'm planning this tour, you know, tour of the Maid of the Mist and the, what's the other one called? The Cavern, something else, where you get to go. And, and I go, oh, cool. I want to be part of that. How much is it? And she goes, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. It's on the tour. I'm like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> she would just do nice. really nice things like that. It wasn't all the time, but that was a trip. That was really great. That's so cool. Yeah. We're so lucky. So lucky. Yeah, we were. That was definitely a pinch yourself moment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now on the bus, what kind of stuff did you guys do to pass the time aside from you know talking and sleeping? You know, is there poker games going on? You guys playing Monopoly? You know, what what is the uh, activity of choice? It was mostly just talking, and everybody a lot of times were, were there up on they're on their phones, <laughs> and and looking yeah. at funny stuff on Facebook or Instagram, and then like especially <laughs> Chemo would find something and go, oh my gosh, look at this. Uh, we tried to do games. Monique and I really love to play games. And we had one day where we were driving all day during the day. And she uh, she organized, uh, gosh, what is it called? It's called Drawful. And so you Oh, draw. yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. And so not everybody wanted to do it, but Al did it, myself. And we tried to do more games, but a lot of times, you know, you got to get a, a quorum. But for the most right. part, it was talking, you know, snacking. Uh, just a lot of laughing. I just remember a ton, a ton of laughing. And it was all silly stuff. Like, I, I can't remember any of it. Nothing probably would sound if I recorded it and you'd listen back and go, well, there's nothing <laughs> funny about that at all. But <laughs> I think that the, 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 the moment, yeah. Yeah, the moment, just the goofiness. It was just, it was just really great. It was just awesome. Yeah, just, uh, I still, and I have tons, tons and tons of pictures that I, swore that I was going to organize and get them all and put them in a book. Well, guess what? I'm still, <laughs> it's not done, but I'm halfway there, about halfway there. It just takes time to organize it. So, 
I'm curious about what some of the venues and, and cities were memorable for you. I'll, I'll start off with what was memorable for, for me is I believe it was Pittsburgh where Dave and I were actually backstage uh, after we interviewed Eric Roth. And that's when we met you for the first time and you showed us your Al's Gals t-shirts. Yes, we had our we did that right before going out there and Al said he was okay with that. Um <laughs> Yeah, one of the the venues yeah. that really just blew me away just cuz it was just so beautiful was Madison, Wisconsin. It was called the Overture Center for the Arts. So I love that place. There were there were several uh Oh my gosh, several venues that we got to do that just that were very memorable. Um and the coolest, one of the coolest ones was getting to sing uh, in what I call my own backyard at the Greek Theater here in L.A. Oh, cool. That yeah. was a trip because that's my favorite place to go and see concerts myself. And um, so that was another I'm pinching myself moment. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So fun. You you guys came to quite a few shows. I believe we each went to 19 different shows. The the shows didn't always overlap, but together I think we each went to 19 different shows on that tour. Oh my gosh, I didn't know it was that many. Did you were you guys at the Cary North Carolina <laughs> one? For some reason I remember were you at the Coca Booth Amphitheater? No. Not no, that, that one. Was, okay. No. But I mean some of the venues we were at, we were at uh the Red Rocks Amphitheater. We were yes. at that show. Oh, that was amazing. That was cool. That was cool, and it was amazing to me because that orchestra was so great, they really didn't get a ton of rehearsal because, as you know, we kept getting stopped because there was, light, you know, they always have storms there, Rocky, the Rocky Mountain mm-hmm. storms, and they didn't want anyone to get electrocuted, right. which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's thoughtful. I, that was very thoughtful. So I was amazed. I was like, gosh, I hope this goes okay because – because the show, it's not really hard, but there's a lot of transitions in it, and tempo changes, and you know the the those uh, you know you got to really know kind of what's up next. It, it moves quickly, and know when you know the video's up or oh I got to put this other hat on or now I'm you know right what, whatever you're doing <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah the other mem- the one of the most memorable um, one of all of our favorite days was in Guilford. Oh my gosh, Guilford, New Hampshire. Um, unfortunately, that was the one that uh, Monique had to miss. But it that was amazing. They treated us uh, like rock stars. Just it was That's like so cool. I don't, yeah, it was really cool. I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's like a summer camp for for rock stars, and they had. Uh, <laughs> bikes and razor scooters and stuff you could ride around they had seriously they had a bouncy house they had the pool and a little golfing hut thing (laughs) and um you could just play and it was it was just wild so and that was the one that jim chemo west said oh you're gonna you're not gonna want to sleep inside uh today you're gonna want to get to this place earlier so (laughs) sleep sleep later because a lot of times i don't know if you knew that um uh, uh, Melissa would get us what's called day rooms. So even though we'd maybe try to sleep on the bus, not everybody sleeps too well on a bus, you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, right. so we'd have these day rooms. So you could sleep another, you know, if you didn't get enough sleep, get, get another four or five, six hours in. And then you're fresh to go, ready to go for, you know, three or five o'clock uh, 
lobby call. But for that day, I was like, oh, I'm not going to miss this place because everyone says how good it was. <laughs> it really was worth it. It was worth losing sleep. Yeah, they treated us like amazing. And of course, it's New Hampshire. So then for our catering, they had this huge, you know, lobster and clam bake and crab. Wow. And just, just the spread <laughs> yeah. was, it was incredible. And and Melissa's like, don't even get used to this because this is, this is the, yeah, this is the <laughs> top. I go, it's okay. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Really, really great. Some good stuff. Yeah, I have been to that venue, not on this tour, but on a previous tour, I was at that venue. And I did, I was backstage, not as, you know, I didn't get to do all the amenities like you guys did, but the little taste of it that I did get, I thought it was fantastic. Just hanging out by a fire pit, you know, and just, it, it was so much fun <laughs> just being back there. So I can imagine you guys having a great day, you know, there. Yeah, it was great. Get there early. Like yeah, you it was said. like <laughs> camp. It was like, I loved summer camp. So it was like summer camp. You know, it was fun for day. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And um, getting to see so much of, of the United States was, I mean, yes, really fast. <laughs> it was great. On this tour, did it take you to any places of the country that you had never been before? Definitely tons. Uh, like one of the places I'd never, ever been to was New Orleans. I always wanted to see it. So that oh cool that was very cool that was very cool and we actually had a couple of days off there before uh, singing um, performing at the Sanger Theater on uh, June thirteenth what a trip yeah that's another place on my list I'd like to go back to uh, I loved <laughs> San Antonio Texas too I I was surprised how much I liked that some of these places were just like like Nashville I really wanted to go to and visit but we. We just didn't, I didn't, there wasn't time to really visit that day, but yeah. some other time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, we're supposedly supposed to be working, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Sometimes I would just be like, after some of these gigs, like like, like the Guilford, uh, New Hampshire one, and think, oh, and I'm getting paid for this too? Wow. Right. <laughs> wow. right. Lucky. That's how I feel with a session singing too, because I just love to do it. I'm, yeah, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I have to, because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, the, but yes, it's nice to make money and, and make a living. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask about the Vienna show and the New York City show. Dave and I were at both of those. And it was a chore just to sit and watch the show. It was so hot. What was it like being on stage with that kind of 100-degree heat? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the New York show at Forest Hills Stadium? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember that. And we were all, you know, they're doing the best they can, but we were all crammed into one little room to get ready. And uh, it's just stinking hot, as you know, and I'm just sweating. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even know why I bother putting on makeup. It's just going to melt. And that was the show. <laughs> yeah. And usually I try to really do my hair and have it, you know, I don't think I looked that good with my hair up. But I th just thought, I just don't care because I'm trying not to pass out. And both Monique and right. I just stuck our hair up on our heads, you know. <laughs> but I remember just drinking a lot of water. Yeah. I remember that going, gosh, Dear God, please don't let me pass out in front of everybody. I, right. I, I didn't, but yeah, it was it was it was stinking hot, and um, and I felt really bad for for Al because 
he works out so hard every time at the shows, even if it's cold in the theater, he works up a sweat every time. So I was more concerned with oh, him. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I'll just, oh gosh, I hope everybody's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't replace Al if he's no, uh, we can't as a replace heat stroke, Al. you know. <laughs> and and yeah, that's the other thing when you're outside in these outdoor venues and it's very humid and you get these crazy huge bugs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Where was the other place uh, we were at? Um, I'm looking. I'm actually looking at the schedule right now. We were in, was it Grand Rapids? No, Cedar Rapids. And we were outside. Yeah, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I was seeing all these mayflies. (laughs) And they're, like, going all over (laughs) Al. And they're huge, these things. And we're singing. and, And then everything's okay. And, and I, I was trying not to, like, bat away these flies because they're starting to go into my mouth. And I'm like, I don't want to. Oh. It, yeah, it was like, I'm like, Phew. I'm like singing and, you know, Jackson Park expressed and trying to blow them away. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I didn't need to worry about my mouth. But then all of a sudden, one of them goes in my left eye. It just goes straight oh. in there. It was gnarly. And I couldn't see anything and I can't do anything. I can't get it out. And it was really hurting. And I'm like, okay, I can't do it. just pretend, just keep going. And then, of course, we have the break right after Jackson Park Express. And I'm talking to Lisa and Monique. I'm like, oh, help me, you guys, you guys. They go, we got to go. I go, no, get this thing out of my eye. Oh, and because um, I couldn't wow. see, and it was just tearing up. So that's probably a gross story. I don't know if you want to leave that in. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's great. Is it okay? Cool. It was a job hazard, but that was the only time. Of course, I'm the only one. Yeah. Right in my left eye, and I could feel it. Oh. I'm just like, oh, and it's moving around, and then it dies in there, and I'm like, ah, uh. it was so gross. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what a happy story, but uh, I survived. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I remember that one. God, it's so memorable. Uh, just, just, I just feel very lucky that I was, that I got chosen and got to be part of it. You know, I had a question on something you said earlier. You mentioned, you know, when you would show up for the session work on doing film scores, that kind of thing, you're really just showing up without any way to prepare. How did that compare to when you recorded with Al? Do you get anything in advance or is it the same kind of way where you're showing up and learning the song when you get there? Well, with Al, he likes, you know, Al is very particular and he knows exactly what he wants to hear. And so most of the time, especially with Jackson Park Express, you know how involved that song is. He actually yeah. sent charts ahead of time and goes, well, you know, if you, if you don't mind, I'd really like you to look at this ahead of time. I go, oh, of course, because not anything in that song repeats. And um, it ended up being one of my favorite songs. I mean, it goes on for nine and a half minutes with no repeats. But that's unusual. Usually, most session work, you just you show up. You, um, I've been, I, I've always sung since I was, you know, a tiny kid, like seven years old. Um, and wow. then I had to learn how to sight read. And sight reading is the skill where it's like the same thing as reading words off of a page. You're learning. You're just reading the notes um, as opposed to like playing it on a keyboard. But you just learn what the time signatures are and what your intervals are and after a while you can get it not everybody reads but i you have a better i have a better chance anyone has a better chance of working more and being more versatile and getting more work if you can read because then you can get those gigs 
And so that's what it's about. It's about being um, well prepared and having other skills and um, and doing other sounds, I would say, too, on a lot of session work. They'll, they'll tell you, you know, we want it to sound like some weird uh, kid. Like maybe they'll ask you to sound like kids or uh, I've sung in different languages or Korean or they want you to be some wacky, you know, I've been asked to be a a rogue zombie monkey on on a movie. <laughs> so you just have to have all these. Yeah, it's kind of a little, it's it's an acting gig and sometimes, which I love. And that's, that, that's a good tie-in with this. That's what I love about Al's gig. It is kind of, it's not really straightforward song, 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 you know, perform. It's, it is kind of, it's musical theater. He's acting. I mean, it's, and you get to do so many different styles. That's what I love about working with him and also working in the studio because you, you never know. It's going to, they're just going to throw something at you and you just do it. And in, in the session world, most of us, we know each other's voices. So people know, you know, what people's main wheelhouse is or what their bag is. So, like, I'm not going to get called to do some really raspy thing. I could do the, the rock or other things. Uh, but, we, versatility is the key, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first song that you got called in for Weird Al? Yeah, you know what? I believe it was uh, Do I Creep You Out. Yeah, I believe it was that. And it was because Lisa um, was contracting it. And we had just moved a couple years ago. And I saw this. It's, uh, it said Weird Al DVD. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. And I'd forgotten that. Somebody, I, th- I guess Al sent it to me. Somebody was filming us while we were doing the session. And it was so funny and working with him. So I still have that. Uh, that was a while ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think Monique was pregnant then with her first kid. Yes, that's right. <laughs> About 20 years ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty incredible that, you know, on Do I Creep You Out and also another song you did with Al, Stop Forwarding That Crap to Me, you were singing with Lisa and Monique. And as we found out years later, you were the Al's gals on the Strings Attached Tour. So that's really cool that you guys had already worked together on Al stuff. It's totally cool. It's totally cool. I'm, 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 like I say, I just feel very lucky. And, and like I say, he could have, he could have called what, what most artists do is they get, you know, some young, up and coming whatever and don't pay them maybe very much but they're young (laughs) and he (laughs) is loyal and so i just i just love that yeah i remember when he was asking me if i wanted to do the tour he goes you don't have to give me an answer right now but but i just wanted to know if you want to do it and i was like oh yeah yeah i'm 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 doing this (laughs) (laughs) i did well actually wait i have to backtrack on that it was like only a couple hours later, Colin, he works at, uh, my husband Colin works at Warner Brothers. So he got back home and I go, hey, I just got this email from Weird Al. He's like, oh, cool, cool. Is it a gig? I go, it is. He goes, great, you got to take it. I go, well, hold on. Let me tell you what it is. <laughs> I'll be gone. <laughs> I'll be gone for like three and a half months on a bus. He goes, oh, yeah, but you'll be like coming back and forth and coming home. I said, uh, no. <laughs> straight through yeah he goes really and then he and then he was quiet and he goes 
you got to take it. <laughs> so, so I did. I would have given you the same advice for the no, record. Thank you, thank you. Well, he's always <laughs> he's always been very supportive of me. So, so that was the only hard That's part. So great. Really, yeah, it was great. It was great. He got to be a bachelor for three months or so. <laughs> I just want to know what a typical day is like being in the studio with Weird Al. Ah, yeah, a typical day. He is uh, very involved. He, uh, you know, he writes things differently than uh, what's usually done. Like, okay, there's something called a key signature. And he likes to write what's called with accidentals, which means, so if there's a flat note or a natural note, he just doesn't write in the chart. So first off, that's different. And the other thing that's typical with him, he, we prefer... Us singers, we like to be, if, especially if we're in a group, be on the same microphone. It's just easier to blend that way and hear each other. But he likes to, and I understand it, because this way he can mix the the vocals differently and different levels and change things after the right. fact. Yeah, if we're all on separate mics. So a typical session with Al, we're on separate mics, and we're usually not really that close to each other, and we have baffles around us, so it's really <laughs> to hear the other girls but it works and he likes to do that that way it's honestly it's it's not as fun i would say for me but but that's what he likes to do it's typical and then he'll stop and then he'll go back and check something and a lot of people don't give him credit for being the he truly is a musician and he'll go back and hear something maybe and go oh i really wanted that b flat not this oh okay we thought you meant that. No, no, no. And his ears are that good. I remember a couple times. Wow. Yeah, he is really is. I know a lot of people think he's just a goofball, you know, and um, and he is. He's funny, but he's very intelligent, and he knows. <laughs> yeah, he's he knows music. He he knows it, and he and he writes it out. So it's it's nice working with. Uh, I love working with smart people. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much a typical day yeah i think that's about it that's about it so for people who are unfamiliar you are the daughter of jimmy haskell and there are some really amazing weird al-esque connections so not only did he have three grammy awards an emmy award he actually played the accordion and he was the conductor for al's song spy hard that is exactly right that's that's true he has three grammys uh one for ode to billy joe by Bobby Gentry, the other is for Chicago's If You Leave Me Now, and the other one for Bridge Over Troubled Water with uh, Simon and Garfunkel, and he has one Emmy. And But it is true, his beginning instrument was accordion, and um, that's how he learned how to arrange. I know, much to his mother's like, really, really, Jimmy, really an accordion. <laughs> And when he was born, he was bo born in Brooklyn, and his actual uh, n name that he was born with was Sheridan Perlman. So they would Ooh. call him Sherry. Wow. And, you know, it's very, you know, from Brooklyn, and it's like Sherry. And then he, but it wasn't cool to be Jewish when you were, you know, back in the 50s, you know, trying to get things going. It's totally cool to be a Jew now, so that's good. It should be cool to be whatever you are. <laughs> But so that's right. I know, isn't it? So and um, so then he he took his favorite music teacher's uh, first name, which was Jimmy, 
And then he took his mother's maiden name, which was Haskell, and that became his stage name. And so that's wow. how he started. Yeah, it is. It's a cool story. And uh, so even on my birth certificate, it actually says Scotty Eva Perlman, a.k.a. A- AKA Scotty Eva Haskell. So I've got a lot of names now, I guess. Right. Perlman, <laughs> well, so now you're, you're, you're married, so you're Scotty Mitchell. Yeah. But, you know, on tour, Al always introduced you as Scotty Haskell. Yeah, there's that story where I remember trying to uh, – you know, we, we'd lovingly call him, hey, boss. And he goes, oh, I'm not boss. We're like, hey, boss, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and, uh, but when we got to the, yeah, we got to the rehearsal at Center Staging in Burbank. And I said, hey, uh, you know, he, we were running through, kind of blocking out what we we're going to do with the show. And he said, hey, this is where I'm going to introduce everybody. And I go, hey, do you mind? Can you introduce me and say Scotty Mitchell, the artist formerly known as Scotty Haskell? And I think he was like, um, no. Because <laughs> I've known you as Scotty Haskell for 35 years, so so that's it. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was at the rehearsal or there was another time. I was like, do you, you know, but I just lightly touched on it. So, and there's so much he's remembering as it is. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, my dad would have been uh, 93. Uh, I wish he could have seen uh, that I got this gig, but I think he did. Uh, I think he was yeah. watching. Yeah, he really, yeah. he loved Al. He loved working with him. Uh, yet, he was very private in his work. He A lot of times he didn't bring home what he was working on. Mostly, it's like being professional. It's like you don't talk about it. You know, some people are private. And so he just would, when he came home, he was like, he's just home. I'd have to right. really, yeah, really <laughs> kind of turn, turn the screws on him to find out what was he working on uh, yeah. that day. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So there'd be many moments like uh, there was one time I'd just gotten back from, I think I was still in high school, and I go, what are you work? What were you working on today? And he's like, oh, it's that's no big deal. It's nothing. I go, no, no, I really want to know. He goes, well, I've been working with uh, this girl named Deborah Harry, and I just said, uh, Blondie? You know, he goes, you know who that is? <laughs> and, and so it'd be moments like that. I go, yeah. He goes, would you like to meet her? I go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it was cool. Didn't always happen like that, but sometimes. So, yeah, very, very lucky. I, I feel very blessed. Uh, by the way, another funny story with him. He did not, no way, he did not want me to be a session singer. He did not want me to be in the music business. And Really? Yeah, he really didn't. Wow. He knew how, it, it can. it's rough, you know, and it can be. And, um, the rewards can sometimes not even ever appear, but I remembered him. Uh, I'm just was around it all the time because instead of getting a babysitter, I'd be with him at his recording session, and I would just be watching. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was really cool. And I would just say, he goes now if you can just sit quietly, and uh, <laughs> watch and try not to fidget, fidget too much. Yeah, and that's where I got my first uh, where the light bulb went off over my head. I was seven years old. And he had just done, I don't remember the song, but he was doing live with orchestra, and these two women were singing. It was actually Sally Stevens and Jackie Ward. And in the car on the way home, I go, Dad, so when did those girls learn that song? When did you, when did they practice it? He goes, huh? I go, yeah, when did, how did they know to sing that song? He goes, well, it's sight reading. I go, it's what? 
He goes, you know, like you're learning how to read words in school, and read, they learn, they read music. They read it on the spot. And it go, he goes, it's called sight singing. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And so I just thought, that's what I want to do. And the next moment, he goes, don't even think about doing this. <laughs> 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 but I ended up doing it anyway. So I think he, I think he's okay with it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, your, your dad's resume is insanely impressive. But looking through your list of films and TV shows and singers you've, you've worked with, it's it's really it's too much to even mention on the podcast. There's so many incredible people. I mean, I went through and I, I, I picked a couple that are kind of Weird Al related and I wanted to ask you about them. You've worked with Michael Jackson, Donny Osmond, Paul McCartney. What can you tell us about some of those experiences? Oh, yeah. The Donny Osmond one was so long ago that I don't even remember the song, but Michael Jackson, for sure, remember that. Um, he was, I have, a, it was unusual to be able to get a picture with some of these artists, and uh, uh, but I do have a picture with him, and he was so kind, and it was at the, the height of the Evian water craze. Uh, the, all the water, all, all of a sudden water bottles were everywhere, and I remember we were at mm-hmm. West, yeah, Westlake Audio, and um, he was just very sweet. I thought he was very kind. It was a really fun, really, um, really great session. Uh, yeah, it was called, the song was called Will You Be There. Hmm, cool. Yeah, from his oh, okay. Dangerous album. And then you asked about, oh, Paul McCartney. That, that well, I was trying not to say something stupid, because I'm meeting a Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> and that one was interesting he actually he kept calling me teach on the session because i was actually there not to sing but to to coach the kids that he we, he had on his album called kisses on the bottom and that he was redoing a cover of inchworm and it's hmm. very sweet yeah it was he, he came out and uh, so i got to meet him and uh I pretty much, I probably said something pretty stupid. I'm not sure. <laughs> but then all of a sudden he's like, okay, I got to go. It was at Capitol Records. And, uh, yeah, that was a that was a highlight for me. That was a highlight, yeah. But he knows, he doesn't know me as a singer. He knows me as a, as a vocal coach. So right. even though I'm not. So he kept calling, okay, teach, what do you think? How, how, what do you think? What do you think about these kids? Like, well, I think if you could give them a little more pre-roll and then they'll get on the right note. Oh, that's the other part of the story. And so at one point, they just, you know, they're scared. Um, and I wasn't the one who called the kids. I would have gotten kids that are more used to being in the studio. And either way, we got a good sound out of them. So then at one point, he goes, let me come out there and help you. And I'm like, okay. And so we're like going, two, 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 cause to try and get that first note, you know. Two and two is four. We're trying to do it. And so I'm like, he's right next to me. <laughs> and we get, keep singing this in their ears. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm singing with Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's, a nursery, <laughs> it's a nursery rhyme, but still, I'm singing with Paul McCartney. So that's, that was, it, was a good, uh, it was a good experience. Almost as exciting as working with Weird Al. Well, there you go. Almost. That's, it's, that, that was the top. I have to say, even if um, I'm hoping – you know, of course, after COVID and all these things have slowed down, of course. But I'm hoping things come back somewhat. But if not, what a great note to go out on. 
Like, hey, that's like, right. Like at the top, you know. They say quit while you're ahead, not not at the bottom, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, but I don't I don't have any plans of quitting, and uh, we'll just see where things go. Um, I oh I know I I'd like to mention what I am doing, and I have had time to finish this now, because of all this downtime. So the the blessing of it has been. I've had my own original project that I've been working on, on and off for years, but life happens and there's interruptions. Well, it's almost done now. I'm just in the mixing stages now, and they're all originals except for one of them. I copied, I uh, covered uh, Ode to Billy Joe, which was the song that my dad, that that put him on the map. Um, I'm cool. Not sh- yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that song. Uh but it was that's what put him on the map, and then all of a sudden he was in demand. So I did it a little differently. I did it up tempo, and I also up in a little higher key because Bobby Gentry sings lower than me. And my dad, before uh, he left this planet, before he left this plane, uh, did the strings for me. So I have his famous strings on oh, it. Oh wow! Um, yeah, really wow. And on a couple of my other originals too, he did he did uh, string arrangements for me. So I'm excited to get that out. Hopefully, hopefully by the beginning of next year. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, fine. Well, please keep us in mind. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Can't wait to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to send We'd you a copy. I will definitely send you a copy. Yeah. Are there are a couple other small Weird Al-esque connections I wanted to just touch on. The number of TV shows and films that you have done scores for is just, it's, it's too many to count, like I said, but I noticed, you know, within, you know, the depths of all these, uh, you know, incredible movies, you did the film score for Hot Shots. And I don't know if you know this, but Al was originally going to be doing the theme song to that film, and it never ended up happening. Uh, you so. know what? That is an interesting connection. I never knew that. Because I'll tell you that uh, what happens a lot is um, we, sometimes they, they will even give us a fake title. They won't even tell us what is the movie because, you know, they don't want things to leak out. So we don't even know what we're working <clears> on. <throat> and so we don't know the backstory of how it got to where it is. They're just like, just show up, sing, get out, you know, get off the lot. <laughs> you know, because there's there's a lot of security, obviously, now. And you have to be cleared. But, yeah, so I didn't even know that. That's pretty cool. Wow. Too bad I didn't. Yeah. I could have been singing on his theme song. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, it was never released, so the fans are, are uh, hoping that one day we'll get to hear it. Yeah, I would like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a trip. Pull some strings for us. Let's let's get the Hot Shots theme song. Let's do, do a new Hot Shots, too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he does. Um, yeah. I've been seeing. Um, I, I'm not way up on Instagram. It takes so much time, and I like to kind of be in life, you know, not stuck in the mm-hmm. computer all day or my phone. But I do, every once in a while, I'll check up on him and see what he's up to. And he's way involved in voiceovers. And he's really, he's really great at it. And it's something else I've tried, oh, absolutely. To, tried to do, too. Yeah, the voiceover. It's a whole, it's a whole other nut to crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you done any voiceover work? I have done some, yeah. Usually uh, it would be, oh, can you just do this tagline here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've done a few things, and now it's all you got to. It's you got to have an agent now, which I don't at the moment. But 
That's all right. I have I have plenty on my plate. I'd like I gotta finish my record first, and uh, try to stay mm-hmm. focused. That's my plan. I honestly never thought at seven years old that I want to be a star. I have never ever wanted that. That was never on my radar. I just love I love working with other people, either backing them up or being in a group situation, and uh, mm-hmm. and. So even though I did my own solo album, my thi- my my goal is not I'll probably do some coffee houses and that sort of thing and sell some CDs, but if I can get placements uh in TV, movies, things like that. And my main goal was just like I have these ideas, I just need to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to feel good about it. I don't want to every time I listen to it go, "Ah, I wish I fixed this or that." I remember talking with Al on the bus and watching him when he was working on songs. And I, it's because when you've heard his, of course, you know all of his material. And it sounds like it seems so effortless that it seems like it just comes out of him all at once. And he showed me his process where he starts writing a line. And I'm trying to remember which song it was, but he will spend days and days going, yeah, maybe that's not the right word. And he really fleshes it out. And I really thought, man, he just like, whoosh, just, you know, flies this out. Maybe sometimes it does. But I thought that was really amazing. He really puts a lot a lot into it. Yeah, and it's certainly a testament to his success and how catchy the lyrics are and, and how he has fans from every generation, you know, who just absolutely adore him. But, yeah, that's what's amazing about Al. If, as long as he wants to work, he, you know, he'll, he'll always have fans. He'll always have fans. Yeah. I saw that. I mean, with these little kids, they don't know who he is, but their parents know, and then they're probably sing, playing the songs all day with them, and the kids are get into it, and just amazing. On your website, scottyhaskell.com, people can see all of your incredible credits, but my favorite part is on your testimonials page, you have a testimonial from Weird Al himself, and it says, if you want your production to sound like garbage, don't call Scotty Haskell. <laughs> That's right. Yes, I asked him if he would give me a blurb. That's right. And he said that if you want it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If you want it to sound like our, yeah, that's it. But that's Al. <laughs> you know, other people have all these, you know, flowing, you know, yes. you know, much love. This is so much fun. And then Al just yeah. hits it out of the park and is hilarious. It is hilarious. And and some people might not get it, but you have to be able to read between the lines. Yeah, I was really glad right. he, could, he could give me a blurb on that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm updating the website as we speak. So there'll be more. There's a lot of stuff that I left out, but um but it's okay if I, you know, some people, it's like, that's your brochure these days. You know, it's people go to your website and hopefully mm-hmm. call you for a gig. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a very thorough website with a, with a million things on it. So if you've left stuff off of here, I mean, this is amazing. Oh, <laughs> this is thank you. Yeah. <laughs> a pretty packed resume you have here. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you guys are just the, you guys are the best. It's just so great to meet you guys. And I know we tried to get together all three of Al's gals and, you know, while we're on the road, but it was like when to fit it in. And, oh, it was just, it was a little chaotic. So I'm glad we're doing this now. This is great. 
Yeah, and hopefully eventually, you know, the, the five of us can get together in L.A. someday and uh, do the true Al's Gals interview. But, you know, it's really been awesome getting to speak with you all separately. And we really thank you for joining us on the podcast and your friendship. Well, thank you. You too. Um, you as well. I just I, I feel honored that you would ask me to get to join the party here. <laughs> Thank you again to the extremely talented and super wonderful Scotty Mitchell, formerly known as Scotty Haskell. As soon as we hear more about her brand new album and when it comes out and anything else, we will be sure to let you know. It was so cool to find out that Scotty performed on the Straight Outta Linwood, Alpocalypse, and Mandatory Fun albums. Ethan, as you know... Those three albums, they all appear on my personal list of top 14 studio albums by Weird Al Yankovic. And of course, the 2019 Strings Attached Tour also places on my list of top 16 Weird Al Yankovic tours of all time. Wow, so that must have been extra exciting for you to chat with Scotty. Oh, it absolutely was. It's always a thrill to get to talk to somebody so connected to Weird Al. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it also rocks. We have just been dying to tell you all about Darwin Monument. With more than 12 years experience, Darwin Monument is your one-stop shop for niche pedestals, urns, engraved rocks, bench-style monuments, cremation vaults, and traditional memorials like gravestones and more. Their customer, Bub Cheesy, left them a five-star review saying, Darwin Monument was wonderful when my dad passed away. Our deepest condolences to Bub Cheesy. We here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast are saddened to learn that not only did their dad pass away, but their five-star review did not win them the Facebook raffle for a custom engraved croc either. Well, at least they've got killer prices and be sure to call and ask about their free designs. Is there any mention of a salad bar? So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week we are able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela and his son David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and all of our amazing Patreon supporters like Kat, Scott, and so many more. Revenue from our incredible supporters on patreon.com slash 2000 inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. If we know anything here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, it's that Christmas and the holiday season and Jim Kimo West's birthday is just around the corner. So this year, get all of your holiday shopping done early by purchasing official Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast merchandise for everyone on your shopping list from the official Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast merchandise shop. Head over to shop.2000inch.com for official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirts, official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast tote bags, 
official Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast mugs, official Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast tank tops, official Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast face masks, and official Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast more. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about our guests and listen to past episodes. Please join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch and visit us at youtube.2000inch.com. Remember to tag fun, weird out, or podcast-related posts on social media using hashtag 2000inch and hashtag gill and chill. And make sure to share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and we absolutely, positively love it when you leave us voicemail on our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message on the air. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. You already know where to find us, but do yourselves a favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or the podcast app of your choice and hit that subscribe button to ensure you don't miss any of our brand new episodes that drop every Wednesday. And remember, bonus episodes may drop at any time. Next year, we will begin airing our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page picture by picture through his brand new book black and white and weird all over time is running out for you to grab that book if you have not done so already you do not want to miss out on this series of bonus episodes plus the book makes a great gift to give someone for jim's birthday thanks once again to this week's guest scotty mitchell formerly known as scotty haskell and thanks to all of our listeners subscribers patreon supporters and sponsors and everyone else who made this episode and podcast possible You know, Ethan, I was thinking we should follow Scotty's example and change our names as well. Ah, okay. I'm going to change my name to Dave Elvis Rossi. Good idea. I'll change my name to Ethan Allman. That way we don't have to bother two-time Grammy Award-nominated Jim Kimo West to write a brand new theme song for us. Oh, well, actually, wouldn't we have to change our podcast name to Ethan and Dave's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast? Ooh, yeah, you're right. Well, never mind, then that's just ridiculous. I don't know, it kind of has a flow to it. Ethan and Dave's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. I like it! Not gonna happen. Ethan and Dave's 2,000... I said no! Who died and made you, Ethan? That was Ethan and Dave's 2,000-inch... No! Nope, nope, nope. That was Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast, episode 85 inch, trending in Italy, Mexico, UK, and Chile. Jackson Park Express.